it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben Spoonani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. So sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it Hard time scrolling for your long drawers You might learn something you never know Collect you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind Say you mind Now COVID spread far and wide You send us back outside You're out of your head a PM with no motherfucking clue. Hopeless with no fucking clue. <laughs> there you go. That is my song. That is my song for this week. Hopelessly devoted to you. Such a banger from, who was, was that, Olivia Newton-John uh, in Greece. I loved Greece. I just love musicals. But yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed Greece. All of them men were pushing maybe pension age, retirement age, and they were playing 14-year-olds. Madness. Obviously, they weren't literally pushing, pushing pension age. But yeah, I just thought, wow, big, big people, big, big people playing 16-year-olds wild. Um, anyway, 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 it is me, Kalechi, in the blood clot place to be. Ah, welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as what, what, that's right, suck your mum. Honestly, truly, deeply, cannot believe I'm recording right now, so late in the middle of the night, because... I went to the Grand Prix. A baby girl went to Silverstone. Do not let me fucking lose it right now on this podcast. But I'll be talking about that a little bit later. But, you know, honestly, it's just great. It's just great vibes. It's great to be able to manifest something. And you lot know me already. I don't like asking for things. I don't like reaching out to people for things. Um, But then I just thought, you know, sometimes do up influenza, you know, not even influenza, do up influenza and, you know, holler at these people and be like, I have something amazing to bring to the table. One, me and two, my expertise. I know where you are lacking and you should holler at me. You know, you should, you should really rock with me. You know, as Leonie Nicole Black said in one of her readings, fuck with me. You know, I got it. You know, I have what you need. Um, And so I needed to literally move with that energy and I did and made things happen for myself. And, you know, I'm proud of me because sometimes like waiting for things to come to you, you'll be waiting there. You will die there, blood in your eyes. You know, sometimes you've just got to go out and ask for the things. What's the worst that can happen? They just say no, you know, so you just, you've, you've got to. So I'm glad I did, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so yeah, you know, it's Monday, if you're listening to this on a Monday, um, and Boris has truly sent people outside, 
So to go back outside, even though I've been in contact with Sajid Javid and I've, you know, I had Kurokuro before, but then he's now got Kurokuro and, you know, we're passing this coronavirus, this coronavirus, we're passing it back and forth and it really is what it is. It's absolutely mad. Even madder that they were planning to say that there's a loophole and to why they didn't need to self-isolate. I just think these people are very mad. If my words are coming out jumbled, it's truly because I'm exhausted. I've been up since like 5 a.m., no, 4.30 a.m. on a Sunday, Sunday morning. And it's now almost 11 p.m. Um, Sunday night. But I would not have been able to rest if I did not get this out to you. Because even when the um days before last week Sunday I told you that the podcast was going to be out later because obviously I was planning to get the receipts on and we were sorting that out people were still sending me messages about where's the podcast where is it I've been searching up and down maybe follow the say your mind pod twitter page like I always mention at the end of the episode if you followed that, you would know exactly where the podcast was. You'd know that it was coming out later on the Sunday. But I can see that you greatly, greatly enjoyed the episode that I did with the Receipts Girls. Big love for them. Just wonderful beings. And I hope that their live shows go brilliantly because they deserve. Anyway, let's get into the tarot for this week because I want to be out, in and out, um, very quickly so you'll have a short episode. Soz! Anyway... Tarot for this week, the question that I put to spirit was, what do we need to do? What do we need to be aware of in order to be, to in order to, for us to end up on the best timeline in terms of our destiny, right? In terms of the things that will sell, serve our highest selves best. And the first card that came out is the King of Pentacles in, re- in reverse, the Hanged One, the Four of Pentacles in reverse, the Four of Swords, and then the Moon card. And I feel like this, what this is saying is that for some people, for you to end up on your best timeline, you really need to get better with money management. It's not every time a relative asks for money or that your mum is like, oh, well, let's send money back home that you'll jump and be like, yeah, let's do that. Or you've got a friend that's always wanting to borrow money from you or you're with a partner that's just like not trying to like um, balance out, you know, they want to go fancy places, but they don't want to pay for it. Them kind of vibes there. You have to really, really look at that and get better with how you're spending your money because this stagnancy that you feel, the hanged one, is you're not being held back. You're not being punished for anything, but you're being asked to see things from a new perspective. And that has to do with, you know, you want great things. You want some, you know, material things that will bring you comfort. But at the same time, you know, you're not looking at the way that you're spending or, you know, maybe you're not saving, that sort of thing. Or for other people, if it's not a case of necessarily having to watch how you're spending, you've just got fears around money. There's a lot of fear of scarce, uh, like scarcity, or you've just got fear around money where even when it comes to maybe treating yourself, drag me Lord, when it comes to like treating yourself, you're like, oh, I don't deserve it because, oh, I do deserve it. But what will happen? What if I run out of money? You know, no, no, I need to keep it here. Like you have to see yourself as the king of pentacles. You have to see yourself as that energy. Like, nah, be I attract good things. I attract money. Money is attracted to me. I'm all right. Like you have to start having a different conversation in your head about money because thinking that, oh, I can't move anywhere. I can't spend anything. I can't do anything. The hanged one. I can't do the things that I want to do. Sometimes that's a falsehood. Sometimes you can do exactly what you want to do, but you 
are scared that if I spend this, if I do this, what will happen? I'm not telling you to go and invest in stocks. That's not what I'm said. I'm just telling you generally what I see in the cards. And yeah, we've got the four of pentacles in reverse because again, you just don't feel like you've got financial stability constantly worrying about money and I'm not trying to say that in that woo-woo way like we haven't actually got real problems like shit isn't happening you know things are very much happening we're living in this very capitalist very wayward world you know so I'm not saying that those things aren't happening and that your fears are just irrational or silly I'm saying that there has to be a different way that you start to look at things and there has to be a shift that takes place because the four of pentacles being in reverse is this idea like I don't have stability, I don't have financial stability, I'm not good with money, all of these things that you, these self-prophecies that you're saying over your own life, something needs to shift, and if you know that that's the case, you have to start looking at ways to address it, there's a book called Black Girl Finance, you can check that out, hashtag Black Girl Finance, you should tag them, look them up and um, look up the author, and you know, get involved, like, I like that they bring race into it. Why are you bringing race into everything? Uh, yeah, they bring race into it and consider that, you know, look at ways that you could help yourself because some of you are literally making yourself sick with worry, four of swords. You're making yourself sick with worry because of this money stress, not realising that, well, you're still here right now, aren't you? And the energy, the intuition, the moon card, the intuition that got you this far, will also help you along the way, like stop doubting yourself. And some of you, it's a case of even thinking about like life insurance, um, contents insurance, like start thinking about the ways to protect the things that you already have. And I know that sometimes people are like, well, these insurance things are just stupid, but something like life insurance, taking it out early, I'm not saying that any of you are going to D.I.E., but I'm just saying, you know, take it out, out early. You know that you've got those things. Or for some people, it might even be medical insurance. I know that that goes as standard in America, but in the UK, we've got the National Health Service, although it's literally on its knees. But, you know, some of us need to start considering private health care. You need to start considering these things if you want or need a better level of care or, you, you know, you just have to start thinking about these things, basically. Like, how are you taking care of you? How are you taking care of you financially? Um, and what kind of stories have you told yourself about your finances? Because the the you in your best timeline needs you to address this so you can make it to that timeline where you are literally living your best life and you're at peace. You're at peace with money and you've got a better relationship with how you talk about money and how you talk about yourself. The card that comes out from the spiritual seasoning for the soul deck is rest in the knowing that you are buff. And, you know, as the person that put that card together or put that deck together, I can definitely say to you that in the context of this reading, it's just having more faith in yourself and not talking down about yourself. Like, you are deserving of nice things. Why are you denying yourself? I was literally having a conversation um, with um, the person that came with me to Formula One today or to, um, you know, to the Grand Prix. And we were talking about the fact that, like, I feel guilty if I want to buy myself something, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to offend um, anyone, you know, or, you know, or oh, I have to get something for somebody if I'm getting something for myself. And it really just doesn't have to be like that. Like, you can treat yourself once in a while. You can get yourself that something that you want or, you know, treat go for a spa day. Just don't be scared of spending the money that you've actually worked for if that's what you want to do. Um just consider those things. And then the card that we've got from the Wisdom of the Oracle deck is number 12, a change in the wind. Let's see what it says, number 12, a change in the wind. It says here, 
the Oracle's message is, it's human nature to yearn for certainty and resist change, to want the world to remain consistent like the like a zebra's stripes. Yet nothing in human experience is black and white, nor will anything remain static, the hanged man. The one thing guaranteed is change. Now is a time of transformation as outer conditions are temporarily moving out of sync with your desires and expectations. Stay the course and remember that even storms serve to clear the, clear the air, scatter seeds and nourish the soil for better things ahead. Life is, about in, um, life is about to get interesting. Anticipate it with curiosity as you wonder what is coming in the shifting winds. The unknown is where the magic lies. Prosperity message, I'm going to jump straight to that. I feel called to that. It says here, as you endeavor, um, endeavor to create a prosperous life, you may encounter unexpected reversals that cause you to shift directions. This is a good thing, so there is nothing to fear. Perhaps an opportunity you sought went to someone else. Perhaps you've pursued something that you suddenly realise is not in your highest good. You might not be 100% clear on where you need to go, but you are certain that things are not going as planned. Circumstances are not in your control right now. Wait it out. All will be well. Even better, actually. Trust. And I think that that's beautiful. That pretty much sums up what we're talking about right now. This whole thing of like, oh, my finances aren't where they need to be. Or maybe something suddenly changed and you can't spend like you used to. You can't make yourself sick with worry about not being able to do the usual things that you do with money. Know that everything will turn around, but you've got to have a better energy. You've got to have a better outlook with the way that you interact with money. So yeah, that is the tarot, the tarot for this week. I pray that it resonates with you. I've got a letter for Shea Magnificence, so I'm going to jump into the letter. Um, I miss Sadiq being here going, we just got a letter. So this letter says, dearest Kelechi, this is from ages ago, sorry. Dearest Kelechi, I hope this finds you well, and unlike people say this sarcastically, I actually really do hope you're in a good emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical space. This is my first write-in, and I felt like this was the best time to write because I've literally had so much on my being that I couldn't hold it in anymore, and I apologise in advance if this is a long one. Firstly, I want to say that I'm new to the greatness that is you. I was introduced to you through the power of the internet, um, the internet gods, in the form of your chat shit get banged video <laughs> and um, that you posted on Instagram a few months ago. As soon as I saw the video, I said a few things to myself. Who is this great being? I need more of her. Hits the Google to research you and thus found SYM. OMG, she also wants a G-Wagon. <laughs> uh, can the world unite one under one leader, then that leader be you. Thank you. I love that. Um, for my Share Your Magnificence, I would like to nominate three people. One, you. I don't think I need to explain any further why, because you are just amazing, but I would like to give my first nomination to you, because you've been so instrumental in so many things I've done in my life recently. First, being really getting into tarot. I have always been a believer of the power of the universe. I'm half Native American, half black. But through your tarot readings, which I truly feel is the let's drag breeze segment, um, I've, um, I not only started to pay even more attention to the signs and messages from the universe, but you also influenced me into getting my own cards. 
Also, you've made me truly step into the light of my bad baby girlness, and I've been and and I felt so much more like my true self since. I cannot remember the episode as I started from the beginning and beginning while also listening to the current episodes. But you once did a reading and stated that if you don't ever claim your worth, you'll never receive it, and that pushed me to apply for a new higher position, ask for more money, and stand in my worth, knowing that I was deserving of it. Well, needless to say, I was actually offered the position at the higher um, than normal salary I requested. Thank you. Thank you. As a black woman, we know how hard it is to have people see our worth, but I was unwavering in my stance and I'm thrilled that I will be starting a, a new company that truly values creative and diverse people. I don't know if you know how influential you are and helpful to us baby people in really going for what we want in life. And for that, on top of all the other things that make you amazing, two slaps on your chest to you. Thank you. Second nomination is Sadiq. I know I'm writing this after his last day, sheds tears. But I absolutely loved hearing you two on the pod. You and Sadiq remind me of my older sister and I, who are very close and very similar in temperament and humour as the two of you. Sadiq added that extra little sizzle and it was delightful for you both to give us a glimpse of the bond and love you two have for each other. He allowed me to follow him on Instagram. I'm Queen Bree underscore underscore. And that makes me feel like we're all friends in my head. LOL. Also, he's a Pisces like me, and we all know that Pisces are the best. <laughs> okay, I'll let you lot have that. Um, number three, I would like to nominate my partner, Renee, who is absolutely amazing and truly a gift from the universe. Prior to us meeting, I, I had been married and gone through a tough and emotionally draining divorce. I truly thought I would never be in a space to love and give myself to another. And the universe said, haha, and somehow through the powers that be, we were aligned. It is so amazing to meet and be with a person who isn't a project and who pours into you as much as you pour into them. She has been my pillar, my pandemic partner, best friend and true love of my life. She's taught me how to not take myself so seriously, to have fun, be spontaneous and be a bad bitch. I see how hard she works and yet it's always so present with her friends and family while always prioritising us. I love how she respects my opinion on business matters and wants the same things in life as I do. She's such a positive person and it's made me a little nicer. Emphasis on the little, lol. Also, she's a chef. You don't have to say this, but if you don't, um, but if you don't want to, but her Instagram, um, her Instagram handle is Chef Renee Blackman. That's Chef Renee with two E's, Blackman, in case you lot want to go and check it out. And her food has made me gain 15 pounds, which has all gone to my ass. Well, I can't be mad at that, lol. I will share one straw of the week to the team of my current job that I'm leaving. Upon accepting my new offer, I gave notice to my senior designer and her immediate response to me was, we're okay with that. Not a congratulations or is um, this is a good, this is so good for you or any of that positive affirmation. If you also caught the we bit, that is in reference to the other designer on the team who is more like her pet and is truly a waste of space. This girl has no brains and has only found success by riding off the coattails of others and stealing ideas that are not hers, heavy eye roll. I truly do not understand what I was expecting, but considering I'm the only person on my team with a brain who does things correctly and efficiently, I guess I was expecting a bit 
of positivity. But as per usual, white women always have to show their true colours and for that they can suck a straw so long there is no sight to the end. Thank you so much for reading this lengthy bit of writing and much love from across the pond. NYC. Signed, a baby girl in a baby world. Brie. Two slaps on your chest, Brie. And two slaps on Renee's chest. And two slaps on Sadiq's chest. Miss your baby boy. Um, yeah, I feel like that was just such a lovely show. Your Magnificence. It covered so much. I'm so sorry that it took me ages to get to it. But um, thank you for sharing that. I think it's truly beautiful. There's so many emails to like, don't think that I hate you if I don't read out your email. It just, there's so many. I just try to, I choose some things randomly that have just come in. And then I try to go back and find other things that I haven't covered yet. Um, anyway, let's pick up this week's show sponsor who are Skillshare and I'll be right back. So we're just out here being creative and that's where Skillshare come in. So big up yourself Skillshare for sponsoring this week's episode. Every human was born to create, whether you last picked up a paintbrush yesterday or when you were in high school or primary school, whenever. You can explore your creativity and be inspired by going to Skillshare and checking them out. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. With so much to explore, real projects to create and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. You know, I'm telling you like all the time how great my guitar lessons are going and they truly are going really, really well. I've learned so, like quite a few chords now, actually. Um, so I supplement that with the Skillshare courses as well, that's on, um, that's online, and I think that it's, you know, it's just really, really useful, and you can always find something, something that you'd want to do, I know that they're always updating the courses and the classes that they have available as well, um, one of the classes is uh, Finding Fulfillment Using Pivots to Power Your Creative Career with Emma Gannon, that looks interesting, because it's always about finding new perspectives on how to do the things that you love doing. Um, whether you're a dabbler or a pro, a hobbyist or a master, you're creative. Discover what you can make with classes for every skill level. Experience real empowerment with hands-on projects and classes designed for real life. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. And this way, if you don't want to be around people not wearing a mask, you can just do your courses and your classes online. So explore your creativity at skillshare.com forward slash straws. That's S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E.com forward slash straws and get one month free trial of premium membership. That's one month of a premium membership at skillshare.com forward slash straws. So go and check it out. Now let's get to So You Mad. For So You Mad this week, I saw so many random things and I'm going to try and like get through them um, that you sent through. So this one says, hi, hi, Kalechi. We had a visit from some Chinese colleagues to a firm I was working for in France. I wear my hair in an afro when I was introduced to the team. Uh, one of the ladies said, your hair looks like you had an explosion on your head, Chinese accent, and everyone laughed. Even the French bitch I worked with who passed for white and had white skin, waist length, um, white skin, waist length, wavy hair and green eyes. I asked her once, you are black, aren't you? She said, yes, her mum is from Guadeloupe, but she tells no one and no one asks. By the evening, we had an event, a few drinks in and I'd, I'd become a little cocky. The same ignorant Chinese lady saw me and in front of everyone, she put her hand in my hair and asked, is it real? I said, no, I cut it from my fanny. 
pointing to my poo-poo la-la, and st- stuck it on my head. She pulled her hand away and held her hand in the air like she touched poo and her face dropped. This was in front of all the other Chinese people and the French bitch plus product managers and I gave out a big ass dirty laugh looking at all the twat faces in shock. I said, well, she won't do that again, will she? And walked off. Ha 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 ha. You have to be crazy to get through this shit. JJ. I love that, JJ. I love that for you because honestly, it's absolutely mad. I still can't get my head around like seeing somebody and being like, rah, I'm just going to go and put my hand in their hair. I don't know if some of you saw, there's that video on, I saw it on Twitter where, but it's a TikTok video where the black woman, she's in the bathroom of some establishment and she's making a quick video of her outfit. So the camera's set up, she's making this video and a white woman's walked in and then she's gone to her, is your hair real? Can I touch it? And people think we're lying when we say these things happen, like you know, like we imagined it, but I just don't know what possesses somebody to see somebody else and be like, oh, I want to touch your hair. I want to put my hands in it. It's such a weird thing to me. I have no desire really. Me personally have no desire to go around touching other people. I don't generally touch other people. So I just find it really, really odd, really odd. Um, so yeah, there was that. And then another letter for So You Mad, it says here, Dear Kelechi, I hope you and your family are keeping well. I started listening to your podcast back in January and I'm officially hooked. The only positive thing about lockdown is that I discovered another epic podcaster who will soon star in Black Panther 2. Bop, bop. I would like to nominate Boots for the So You, so you Mad slash straw of the week for putting out empty hair products geared towards black and mixed race women, non-binary and men, um, and forcing people who wish to purchase them to ask a staff member to grab the product. Um, and this is from De- uh, Demi Colleen's Instagram story. It plays right into the stereotype of how us black people are seen as thieves. Yeah, we've never looted continents and forced people in- to work for free. Are they seriously trying to say that Caucasian people do not steal? We know the answer to that. They know that they steal, but never follow them around the store to see it, and they turn a blind eye. I also don't believe these said products are stolen more. Side note, have you noticed it tends to be the black male security guards who are stalking us heavy in the stores when it's clear from our demeanour you're not about to teeth, but they don't, they won't go after um, the Caucasian counterpart who will look dodgy as fuck? Anyway, thank you for making your podcast and truly making me roar with laughter at work whilst people look at me weirdly asking what I'm listening to. I low-key want to tell them all to suck their mum, but I need to keep my job for now, so I give them a look. So anyway, I'm glad that um, Demi Colleen um, had, has written quite a bit about this on her Instagram um, page. But it's really a subject that's been, you know, that's been talked about quite a bit throughout the years. It's really, really weird the way that we're reminded all the time about the inherent criminality that people force upon um, or the myth of the inherent criminality of blackness where the products that are for black people, you go and lock it in a case that needs a key as if we're all going to run in there and start teething. And even if, even if there is some truth, right, let's just pretend for a second, right, that there is some truth to the fact that these products get stolen. Have you not taken time to consider that it's not just because, oh, black people like stealing shit. Maybe the socioeconomic, um, socioeconomic conditions that we're subjected to means that we don't even have enough money to buy the things to look after our hair. 
You don't even flip it to have like a a perspective on it that has more humanity, like that has more compassion. I wouldn't even use humanity that has more compassion. You don't even flip it to see it that way. You flip it the other way where, oh, look, these little blackies, the little nignogs, they just love stealing things. They just love stealing hair products. It's the same way that they lock, lock up baby formula. You're not asking yourself why you live in a world where people are so poor that they've got to come and steal baby formula because they need to feed their child. You don't, you don't sit down to deep it. You don't sit down to think about how destructive and horrible our society is that people have to steal these things. Meanwhile, there are stupid motherfuckers who are billionaires that are trying to find their way to the moon. Oh, Mars, stop lying. How are you going to try and go that far out into space, but you ain't got a helmet on? You, you haven't got anything. Stop. I'm tired of the farce. Let me tell you that my one tin four prophecy or my one tin four conspiracy is that nobody went to the moon. Whenever I say this, people are like, Kelechi, be serious. What do you mean nobody went to the moon? I know that by saying that, it will mean that other myths become unraveled. But ask yourself, this country known as America or Russia, or whatever the fuck, they love colonising so much, right, they love colonising, they love it, you're trying to tell me that these motherfuckers, let's go with the imperial um, warmongering machine that is America, you're telling me that they love colonising so much, that they went onto the moon, they landed on the moon, walked on the moon, put a flag there, and just decided never to go back, they were just like, yeah, no, forget it, we just won't go back, why haven't they been back since, why? why? So I think it's just one of those things to consider, because it's always played on my mind, but, and now that we've got even better technology in comparison to when they went the first time, why haven't they gone back? Okay, then, all people do is lie, they just lie, 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 I'm not saying the earth is flat, because I'm not joining them motherfuckers, but I'm just saying consider this little thing, but anyway, my point initially was, you've got billionaires who are hoarding all of this wealth, pretending that they're going all out into space or whatever the hell, really, really wanting to get onto Mars so they can colonise that and be like, oh, we'll go out there and we'll make a better society for us all to live in. Why don't you fix this society that we're living in now, please? While we're on Earth, why don't we, as Earthlings, fix what is happening here in terms of climate change or try to at least reverse some shit or limit the damage, the catastrophic damage that's already caused? Why don't we do that? No, 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 no. We don't want to do that with you peasants. We're going to get in a rocket ship and see you bitch later. It's ridiculous. You don't want to have an equitable society on earth, but somehow you you want us to believe that you're doing this research for all of us as humans and that then we're going to head over there and live in a better society. It's absolute bullshit. They're not trying to take every, anybody along. They want, if they manage to, if they manage to get out there, they want to create a, somewhere for themselves. Basically like Elysium, the film, they want to create another planet for themselves and then they use us as service providers to send things over as a work force to send things over to them. No, 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 no. Um, so yeah, I just thought that that was, um, absolutely, um, wild when I saw that, that Demi was talking about that, but it's that realisation that they'll lock things in, um, in glass cases and then you'll have the big black security guys following you around. The moment you walk in, you can walk in at the same time as a white woman. And I love that. I've talked about this on a podcast before, but we know that white women, they, even some of them clock it. They clock that they're not being followed around the way that black women are being followed around or that even if they don't clock it, that it's like a case of them being followed around in comparison to black women. They just know that 
that they don't get followed around. They don't, they don't, they rarely do they get that sense that this security guard is following me up and down when really that is all I ever get. I go into Zara and I know their eyes on me. I go into Superdrug, I know their eyes on me. Remember when I was pregnant and I went to go and get my multivitamins and I bent down to reach for it because it was on a bottom shelf and this security guard, he might as well have been in my asshole. He was so close. You might as well have been just right there. And when I was just like, why are you here? He started screaming in my face. And then the white um, store manager, super drug manager, is then trying to argue with me, talking about, oh, why are you making it about race? And what's funny is that certain people either got restricted or muted. Some got blocked. Um, after I shared that story and I brought it up the other day or a few months ago and they were like, oh yeah, I was even thinking of unfollowing you that day because of the rage that you felt and the way that you were speaking to the white woman. I'll speak to the white woman any way that I want to speak to her because I refuse to be treated like um, a criminal and that people should follow me around. And if you as a white person saw how upset, not just angry, but how hurt I was by that situation and all you thought was, oh, this makes me uncomfortable, maybe I should unfollow, then you can fuck off and I have nothing to say to you and nothing will ever change that um because it's tiring it's tiring that black people as well as well as being harmed also have to have a um, filter they have to process that harm in a way that's not going to make white people uncomfortable and you, I've got to make my pain palatable to you you don't even season your food so how is my pain ever going to be palatable for to you I don't have time Jo. anyway the last story for So You Mad. It says here, shocking news from Worcester. As it emerges, the racist messages sent to Marcus Rashford by children's football coach Nick Scott were not the work of malicious hackers, as he initially claimed. Scott now admits he told the England striker to pack them bags and get back to your own country over Twitter, but he insists he has no memory of doing it because he was hammered. With their father on police bail, you have to worry for the kids. Fortunately, Scott says his children receive free school meals thanks to a campaign by, dum dum dum, Marcus Rashford. And I think that that case sums it up. Like I said in my Instagram stories or my Instagram video, so many people benefited from the initiative that Marcus Rashford was spearheading. So many white people benefited from it. But the moment he didn't score that goal at the Euro um, Euro 2020 finals, they started sending him all the abuse under the sun. Like if you asked them to get up now and go and kick ball, they would have been able to do any better and feed children at the same time. It's really bloody. It's just to me, it's just really, really bloody ridiculous that that this is even um, allowed to happen, like, it's not just teachers, it was the same with Clemmie Hooper, it's midwives everywhere, it's lawyers, people using burner accounts to do the most vile shit, and people think it's normal, that means that so many people are broken, so many people are hurting, so many people are going through it, and they're projecting on other people, and they're doing it through these burner accounts, and I really, really want them to rot in hell, I don't care, I want them to rot in hell, because it's disgusting behaviour, it's absolutely vile, have your burner accounts for your, like, your menial things, or maybe you don't want your workplace to know that you like watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, all of those things, I don't mind them things, or you just want to be able to pre and be quiet there in the corner, again, those things are fine, but if you've got a burner for the sole purpose of sending people vitriol, then you can rot in hell, and you're a stupid bitch, um, but yeah, seeing this story, I just thought, wait, so, 
does drunkenness make you racist? Because white people love to come up with all these excuses, like I talked about before, the type one liabilities, or was it type two liabilities, when the guy was like, oh, um, I didn't have my insulin or my whatever he said, and that's why I made those racist comments while the girls were playing basketball and it came through over the tannoy. Um, and this one is now saying, oh, first he said he got hacked. When that wasn't going to work, then it was like, oh no, um, I was drunk at the time, I was hammered, you know what, somebody really needs to deal with you, and I hope that the demons hammer your head when you get to hell, that's why I hope that you get an eternity of a hammer being attacked, uh, being, being, being beaten over your head when you get to hell, I don't want anyone to do that to you physically in this world, but I hope that the demons do that to you when you arrive in the fifth circle of hell, because it's what you deserve for sending such horrible, horrible messages for no reason, and meanwhile, you're interacting with children, you're teaching them football, so what, you have a little black child on your your team, they don't score, and you start telling them to go back to their country, you don't need to be working with children anymore, they need to revoke that privilege immediately, you don't need to have access to children, because you're nasty, you're nasty, you're vile, and you're stinky, that is all I have to say about that, really, um, in terms of, so you're mad, anyway, let's get to the next X, um, SYM segment, that is fresh off the motherfucking, it's fresh out the oven, you know, it's fresh out the pit lane, new tyres, everything, SYM, start your motors, start your rascal motors, do you hear me, yes, start your motors, because, whew, all jokes aside, wow, a baby girl was really, really at Silverstone, really there at the British Grand Prix. And did Lewis break his losing streak? I think he did. So you all need to go and let Lewis Hamilton know right now that he better put some respect on a baby girl's name. Because when, when did that, that, that winning streak stop for Max Verstappen? When a baby girl rolled up in a blood clot, okay? When I rolled up in a rascal place, that's when suddenly, fam, you had a 10 point, you had a 10 second penalty, 10 second penalty, so for those who don't know, let me explain to you what happened, anyway, I was looking cute, looking cute in my little Zara shorts, um, and my little Zara blazer, and I had on a cute little white, um, like, top, I don't want to call it a wife beater, but it was a white top, a white crop top, didn't wear a bra, but my nipples were really nippling, because I knew it was going to be super hot, so I was like, I'm not wearing a bra, um, and yeah, my, I always forget how large my nipples are, but I was living my best life because there weren't many black women there anyway. So you're going to stare at me regardless. So you can stare at these bullet, bullet, bullets too. You get me? Anyway, so I'm there looking cute, wearing my JW Andersons, really did up the ting with my jewellery. My hair was looking amazing. Um, Christiana Amankra um, did my makeup. She's phenomenal. And I chose her specifically because she does makeup that doesn't look like makeup. I wanted my skin to breathe. I wanted to look cute and not overly done up. And she always, always, always gets the assignment so, like, she always understands the assignment, and I love her for that, so, did that, um, hair was rolled, looking cute, arrived at the paddock club, and, um, that's the VIP area, and there was, um, what's that, that goalkeeper, Kepa, Kepa from Chelsea, he was there, a couple of other people was there, Dave was there, um, yeah, people were dotted about, like, a few people were dotted about, um, Mo Farah was there, and they, um, the F1, um, 
team, the staff came to come and get me because basically I was having a conversation with them about the lack of representation in terms of the people who watch F1, like F1 fans, when it comes to black women, you would think that black women don't watch F1 the way that is like portrayed on the social media pages for Formula One. And I was just like, well, no, because I know that I exist and it can't just be me one. There are loads, loads, thousands, thousands of black women F1 fans. So where are they being represented? So we had this meeting, had this chat, and then they invited me to Silverstone for the day. And it was just like amazing to be there. It was amazing to be able to take what I'm passionate about in terms of um, celebrating and amplifying the voices of black women and the visibility of black women as long as it's safe for us to be in these spaces, doing all of that and also mixing it with a passion of mine, which is F1 and bringing all of that together was brilliant. And it was lovely that my first ever F1 race that I got to attend live was in the VIP section because you'll know that I'm a bougie babe and I'm cute and I'm a divine baby girl and I don't like other humans. So I need to be in my own space. And there was lots of space for me to live my best life. Um, so in the paddock club, um, which is the VIP kind of club for, um, yeah, just the VIP you know, like club, I think I was looking at the tickets for you to get a ticket for the paddock club for Saturday and Sunday, it was close to four grand. And here I was just living lavish. My God. Anyway, so I was nervous, but at the same time, I wasn't nervous for Lewis Hamilton because I know that purely by me being there, and I'm not taking any way away from anything away from his talent, I'm just saying that I know the ancestors that ride with me, I know the energy that rides with me, and I also know the energy that his, he has, and how it intertwines with mine, um, astrologically, so I know that I bring abundance, I know that I bring blessings, I know that I bring, like, I know that I bring wins, basically, and there's nothing I touch that doesn't turn into my fucking gold, so, you know, sometimes you have to own your truth, sometimes you have to loud up the tink for yourself, so I was just like, you know what, I, I know that today's going to be a great day, because in my head, I literally saw a flash, I saw a vision of me making a video that said, it's no coincidence that I showed up today, and he won, once I saw that, I said, bet, bet, it is on and popping, so obviously Verstappen is the favourite to win because he's been winning the last few races and the um, and the Red Bull package in terms of like the um, work that Red Bull have done on their car for Max Verstappen, it's a madness, like it's so powerful, it's so fast, everyone's like how are we going to do this, how are we going to do this, now the thing is on Friday, Lewis Hamilton had already won the qualifying, the, like the first round of qualifying, he'd already won that, and usually we'd have just qualifying, and then we'd have the race, but now they in also introduced sprint qualifiers, and I don't know why they want so much chaos, but you know what, I'll go with it, so we had um, normal qualifying on Friday, and Lewis got um, the fastest time for that, so that meant that he got the pole position for the sprint qualifier on Saturday, and a sprint qualifier is like a, um, I think it was a 17 lap, 17 lap, and uh, 17 lap, and uh, lap dash, and it's, it would last about, uh, like, 30 minutes tops, so anyway, um, yeah, so anyway, he's got the pole position for that dash, for that sprint qualifier, but, the car, like the Mercedes car just had some mad start, 
mad start. So even though he's got the top position and he that gives him advantage, his car just didn't start the way that Max's did. So Max took the lead and then Max ended up getting pole position for Sunday, the race day. And um, Lewis had second place. And we all know that Max's car is so fast being with Red Bull that if he gets that lead, if he manages to get enough of a great start and a good like lead, or he's leaving Mercedes behind. So anyway, the race starts now. And this time Lewis does not play with that start. He's off, you know, he's off. He's in second place, but you know, he's taken off and Max is at the front and they start battling it out. They start battling it out in the corners as they're turning, they're battling it out. Next thing now, Max's car goes flying and I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing because Formula One is a dangerous sport and they're going at such high speeds. But his car goes careering into the side and he's out. Like, he he can't drive that car and the medical people have to take him away. And um, because of that, all that madness, they have to basically restart the race. But when all that madness was happening, Sean Leclerc, who um, drives for Ferrari, he managed to get in front of Lewis. So that meant that when they restarted the race, Leclerc would be in front of Lewis. So again, Lewis is still back to second place. So all of that madness has happened, which ideally should put you at the front, but actually Leclerc is at the front now. But the thing is, Ferrari's car is not reliable. So I wasn't too, too worried as long as um, Lewis Hamilton kept his head in the blood clot game. So anyway, 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 um, the race is restarted now and um, the Chris Horner, who's the team principal, like the head, you know, team principal for Red Bull. I always say that he's bad vibes. He's always giving, I just get like, if you watch Drive to Survive on Netflix, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This guy, he just gives off bad vibes. Anyway, so he's complaining to the FIA, who are the kind of governing regulating body um, for Formula One. And he's like, oh, what um, Lewis did was so dangerous. It was horrible. It was horrible. You know, this can't run. Rare, rare, rare. Max can't drive now. Max is being taken to hospital. This is horrible. Um, so he's proper pushing it, but he does it all the time. Anytime Mercedes do anything, or it looks like Mercedes about to get a lead on anything, this guy will go jumping to the FIA to go and complain. But now that he's got a great car, powerful car, suddenly he doesn't want to complain anymore. But then this happened today and he was right back there. So anyway, anyway, they end up giving Lewis Hamilton a 10 second penalty in Formula One. That is fucking ages, ages right? So that means that you lose 10 seconds. So I'm stressed, but at the same time, I'm not stressed because I know everything will work out because I remember that vision that I saw of the video clip that I would be making. Trust and believe, trust and believe that even though with the 10 second penalty that put him behind, he caught up to Lando Norris, he caught up to his teammate Valtteri Bottas, and then he caught up to who? That's right, Charles Leclerc, he caught up to him just fine, just fine. Even though at one point it looked like, you know, Leclerc was having some mad, mad leads, like he was, he was keeping some mad distance um, in front of um, Hamilton. Once we got into that DRS zone, baby, woof. But sometimes Lewis Hamilton likes that. He likes to challenge. He likes to really have to work for these things, you know, and that was superb driving on his part. And lo and behold, the newspapers, the social media, 
fueled by um, Chris Horner, the team principal of Red Bull. They are sending Lewis the maddest sorts of abuse. And the thing is, I've always said, I don't like the new sort of age of Formula One where they try to get all the drivers to be proper, proper, nice, nicey, nicey with each other. They are not nice to each other. There's bare drama. There's bare shady comments that fly about. Stop trying to get them to be nice. Just let it happen because I think that that will actually make for better racing. Let's see the drama. Let's see the aggression. Let them just be who they want to be. Stop trying to like force them into this mode of being hyper-professional where they don't get to say truly how they feel. Let them say, because today those gloves came off um, while many things came off on that track when um, Verstappen went careering into the thing, but that's me. Anyway, um, those gloves came off because then suddenly Max Verstappen is now making... um, Instagram posts and he's like yeah how Lewis Hamilton behaved was unprofessional I can't believe he's celebrating after what happened to me why is he celebrating while I'm while I'm sitting here in hospital okay so what do you want him to do now that you're sitting there in hospital what do you physically want him to do he should not celebrate now that he's won the thing is you lot are vexed because even with the 10 second penalty he came and bodied the ting if he got the 10 second penalty and then finished fifth there would be no complaints. Everybody would be quiet. But the fact that he got the 10 second penalty and still managed to to bad up the thing, that's why everybody's vexed. But I'm sorry, sometimes these things happen in life. As far as I'm concerned, it was a typical racing incident. If you lot are driving at mad speeds, really, really fast speeds, um, something is bound to happen. And I obviously want everybody to be safe. I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody because, you know, even in Formula 2, we lost somebody last year. He died like a year ago um, during a race. So, and then Roman um, Grosjean, he, his car burst into flames um, last season. So these things happen, right? But you're now trying to take it elsewhere because you know how deeply racist some of these F1 fans can be and you don't want to rile them up against Lewis. And I just think that that's dangerous and that's very, very wild, but whatever. And even Chris Horner's coming out saying that, yeah, you know, it's terrible racing. It was very un- it's unsafe, very irresponsible. Lewis knows better. Lewis knows better. Yeah, Lewis does know better. And there have been numerous races where you lot have tried to move mad with Lewis and drive in a way that he has to now use the good sense that God gave him and he moves out of your way to avoid a collision. But he said, today, today, I will tear singlets. We'll all tear each other's singlets. Since you want to be mad, me too, I can be madder. And look who came out victorious when madness madness. Look at that. You just have to address it. You just have to address it as what it is. It was a racing incident. I personally don't think anyone should have gotten penalties, but it's Lewis Hamilton. So people are going to move how they're moving. But the fact that Max Verstappen is literally sitting there going, oh, I can't believe he's celebrating after what happened to me and that everything carried on. But when Roman Grosjean when his car burst into flames and some um, and some of the commentators were like, rah, maybe this race shouldn't go ahead and maybe some of the drivers are considering not racing after they've seen his car burst into flames. You said, this is the risk that comes with doing this sport and I would kick out any driver who didn't want to drive because something like that had happened. We all know the risks that come with this sport. That's what you said. And you know what Lewis did? Lewis wheeled up the blood clot. He wheeled up your statement and said in his Instagram post that, well, we all know the risk that comes to with this sport. And I'm so sorry that Max is hurt. And I hope that he gets better. But basically, I won, you know, 
that's it. I don't care if your car got, got smashed, but I still don't want to be your friends, you know? Um, he basically had that energy. And I love it for him. I freaking love it for him. I love it for him that even against all the odds with everything that happened, he was still able to come out victorious and have that as another Silverstone win. Like, he freaking deserves, you know, after the kind of, the way that the season had been going. So now, basically, I think that he's got, um, he's only eight points behind is it eight points behind? Um, I'll check how many points behind he is, but, um, behind, um, Verstappen, let's have a look here, <clears throat> no, it's Red Bull, no, Red Bull is only three points, I love that, Red Bull is only three points, so basically, the individuals get points, so the drivers get points for where they place, um, in the, you know, in the, um, top ten <clears throat> of, um, when the race is finished, but, and those points also go towards the team as well. So towards the Constructors Championship, which is what the points that the team get. I'm explaining this to you in case you don't know this about F1. I'm trying to like break it down in a way that I feel like everybody can understand. So anyway, currently um, Lewis Hamilton is on 177 points um, with Mercedes and Verstappen is on 185 points with Red Bull. So obviously he wouldn't have got any points. Well, he would he would get points for getting the pole position at the sprint qualifiers. So he would get points for that, but nothing significant. Um, so yeah, so the gap is closing again. And I freaking love it because like he said, Verstappen said himself, this is the nature of racing. And baby boy, you're talking about the fact that you're in hospital right now and you can't believe that Lewis is celebrating, but you're very much tweeting up a storm. You're very much posting on Instagram. So I imagine that your neural pathways are just fine. You're okay. You'll be okay. All right. You'll be okay. I still don't want to be your friend, but you're going to be okay. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Anyway, so that's that for Start Your Motors. I think that that was a great introduction, just filling you in. And I definitely feel like we all need to apply pressure. F1 will benefit from having me on board because the thing is, things are successful when black women are involved and when black women are allowed to do their things and be themselves. And people want a different kind of commentary from F1. If you really want to expand your fan base, if you really want more people to be involved, if you really want to diversify the spectators of F1, you have to allow it some breathing space and allow new voices and new energies to come in. And basically, from what I see my stories and people reacting to my Instagram posts and my tweets, this is the energy that the people want, baby. Give the people what they want. So I definitely think that we should be there. Um, tagging them in those comments and very much getting involved because I want what? I want my things. I want my things. Okay. So that's that for start your motors. Anyway, let's get to the last segment, which is a straw of the week, AKA suck your mum. I think I've got a voice note for that <clears throat> for this week. It's actually quite sad. This voice note. I'll play it though. Hi, Kalechi. Um, so this VN will be for So You Mad. I'll try to keep it short and sweet. Um, so on Wednesday, I was travelling back home from work. Um, I was on the TFL rail. I was napping, sleeping, you know, it was a long day. And then I was woken up by these three young boys. It must have been like 12 years, two white boys. And one looked like he was of South Asian descent. Um, yeah, they were just being really rowdy and... They acted like they owned the train. They were jumping on chairs and just acting like hooligans. My gut instinct told me that I should probably move, um, move down the train to where the, to where there's people because it was just me and those three boys in my carriage. 
But I was just like, you know, I give these people benefit of doubt of doubt. I should have listened to my guts because um they um they got to the station and as they were walking past me, one of the white boys spat on me. And obviously like I was just in a state of shock and there are no words. I just felt humiliated and just yeah, I felt like scum, really. Um yeah, that was just no, that really shocked me to my call and I got home, I just broke down. Um but then the following morning I decided that, you know, let me just um report it to the police and you know they said they'll get cctv footage and go from there but we'll see if you know anything actually happens out of this but yeah so those three boys can suck their mom especially the one that spat on me so yeah that's my vn but other than that um i just want to say that very much like i really appreciate your podcast and all the things that you do um for the community and God bless you. It's finally forever. Love you. Um, <clears throat> that was very sad when I listened to it the first time. I just thought to myself, wow. And the reason I say wow is because there are certain black people. Um, I saw a post by a black person the other day and they were like, oh, I'm waiting for racism to die out with the old people. And I thought even you, you believe the lie that it's just old people that are racist. But here are these schoolboys walking past the black person and they decide to spit on them. So how is that just the old people? What are you doing about the young people? What are you, what are you doing about the racist young people on TikTok or on Twitter or on Instagram? You're acting like racism is this thing that, you know, it's just with these um, older generation as if it isn't like re- literally sewed into the very fabric of our entire existence. I I just think it's ridiculous that at at people's big, big ages as black people, as black women, this is what we're writing online all for the sake of wanting to feel British or for the sake of wanting to feel included. Fam, you need to shine your eye and you need to shine your eye quickly because it's not just the old people. It's literally everywhere and you need to pattern up immediately. So I agree. Those boys should suck their mothers and you lot need to train your children better because if like, I am, I always say I'm not above slapping anyone above the age of seven. If you did not do what you needed to do and get them in line and teach them the things that you needed to teach them and they come and spit, spit on me. Wow. It's that tie that they're wearing around their neck, that school tie that I'll take off. And I used to slap their face with it because ridiculous. Where do you get off spitting at another person? Where? Where were you raised? disgusting behavior absolutely disgusting behavior but I wanted to share that and I think there's one more voice note that caught my eye <clears throat> this one hey Kalechi, I have another voice note because it's one of those fucking weeks in it but Dan Hodges is a classic example of how white people want to be educated in racism but only in a way that is palatable and safe for their white comfort 
And that tells me that you want to still be racist and not be held accountable for it and have the black people to be okay with it. There's a psychosis of racism. Accept Lo- that we hate your fucking guts, but love and respect us all the time. Love and appreciate us all the time, even though we always hate you. That's psychotic. So, to, you know, frankly, to any other white person who thinks like Dan Hodges and wants to stick their head in the sand, like, oh, that doesn't apply to me, you all need to take a strong suck out your mothers, quite frankly. And then you need to go to the moon and back and suck out your mothers again because it's insane that in 2021 we're still having conversations where white people want to prioritize their comfort and safety in a conversation where they're not being affected but they are actually the oppressor now i'm fucking done with that shit anyway kelechi lots of love to you as always take care bless up bye love that so for those who are unfamiliar um, Dan Hodges um, calls himself a political commentator. I just think he's a sack of shit. <clears throat> anyway, he said last week that, you know, lots of people, lots of players, lots of fans want to get behind black um, the movement or get behind anti-racism work, but they just don't agree with taking the knee. Why do we have to have um, a symbol um, of anti-racism that <clears throat> was imported from the US. And I'm just like, well, I made a video about it already. So if you've already watched the video, you already know what I'm going to say. But people are you taking the knee as a form of protest before Colin Kaepernick ever did it in America. Like they were already taking the knee. So it's not something that's imported. And also, where the fuck do you get off as a white person, <clears throat> as a white man, to start telling us what the symbol of anti-racism should be. He was like, oh, we should have a symbol um, that we can all have ownership of and that we can really get behind. And that's it. You and your colonizer fucking mentality, you want to have ownership of the thing. Everything you want to own, everything must be owned. Things can't just exist as they are. You only want to care about them if you can own them. Isn't that a fucking ridiculous way to live? Isn't that a neurotic way to live? And then you want to dictate what the anti-racism symbol should be. You don't get a say. You don't get a say when you're the racist. You can't decide what the anti-racism symbol is when you are the racist that people are anti. Fool. Go suck your mum. Even my throat is going because I've really been shouting all day. I've been shouting, shouting, shouting. Shouting up and down for Lewis. Why? Why? Am I being paid? Has the person even sent me a message to say thank you, but I'm I'm shouting up and down? shouting up and down like a market woman. Anyway, we thank God. We thank God for all the blessings. Um, But meanwhile, like I said, Dan Hodges, you could suck your mother because you're not going to be the one to dictate to um, black people what a symbol of, and what the symbol of anti-racism should be. Because the thing is, if you're so concerned about symbols, that means you're not, you're, you're, you're not concerned about the actual thing that's being symbolized. Like you don't care about racism. You just want to have a say on how people go about um, protesting against racism. And the thing is, no form of protest will ever be palatable to a racist, like ever. So, and this is a tool of white supremacy that you want to distract us by having a conversation about what the anti-racism symbol should be when really it's because you just don't want to let go of being racist. So why don't you just go and slow wine on a knife and shut the fuck up? That would benefit everybody. 
Anyway, with my hoarse voice, that's really it. That's it for this week's episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mum. I have been Kalechi Okafor and this has been lit as fuck. I hope you enjoyed my new segment of Start Your Motors and I'll just feature it whenever there is a race on that I want to talk about. And hopefully I get to go to more races and share more wonderful bits with you. And um, yeah, I mean, I just have to thank myself for showing up at Silverstone today and really saving the day and bringing the um, trophy home. You know, it's coming home, it's coming home, not really. I only let us have this one because of who was involved and what it meant. But um, yeah, but people obviously are still dragging him regardless. So whether you win, whether you lose, they're going to drag you anyway, right? But it is what it is. I just thank myself, thank the ancestors for really doing the thing that needed to be done. Um, It's been great absolutely great. So now I'll actually go and sleep because it's almost midnight and a baby girl needs rest. So all of you take care of yourselves. I'm looking forward to reading your tweets about the episode, how the tarot resonated with you. Remember, you can support the podcast on patreon.com. You can uh, forward slash Kelechi Okafor. You can send your podcast voice notes to sym at kelechiokafor.com. And um, yeah, and you can send your letters there to and you can follow me on at Kalechnikov or at Say Your Mind Pod. Thank you, Skillshare, for sponsoring the episode, and I'll catch you lot on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cops ready for the tea. We are go sippy here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. let you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.